I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. I am so happy that you are here and I would love for you to take a quick second and click like and hit subscribe. It is so important to help this podcast continue. And if you love what you're hearing on the podcast, you can continue to get cool stuff. All you have to do is go to beufindhappy.com and join the movement. Hi, Jessica, and welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. I don't think we could have a better guest. (laughs) <laughs> on a happiness podcast than yourself. So I'm just so I'm so thrilled that you're here today. Oh, me too. Thanks so much for having me, Michaela. Um, so listen, I, I would just love if you could just start by telling the listeners a little bit about you and your your wonderful family and kind of everything that you guys have going on. And then I am just looking forward to chatting about happiness because I just think <laughs> uh, the the world is in a space of not knowing how to tap into their happiness and needing more of it. But can you share a little bit about who you are? Yes, of course. So my name is Jessica Klasnick and, you know, really kind of my family's story. I'm married to my husband, Matt. We've been married about 16 years and we've got three boys, Luke, Eli, and James. And up until about five years ago, we were living the best typical American life you could imagine. We had a big sprawling house in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado. My husband worked for a firm on Wall Street. My kids, you know, played basketball and baseball and took piano lessons. And everything seemingly looked as happy as you could imagine it to be. But when Matt and my husband and I sat down to to really examine our lives, we just, we felt unfulfilled. And we didn't know what it was. Like we were, we were living up to all these societal norms of what we should have at our age and the kind of money we should be earning and the kinds of things we should be doing as a family. But it just wasn't bringing us happiness. So we reprioritized. And the very first thing we wanted to do was just spend more time together as a family. Um, While Matt's job on Wall Street provided uh, great monetarily for our family, it left us zero time together. He would leave Monday morning, um, get on a plane and travel to different states across the western part of the United States and come home Friday night. And he did that just about every week of our marriage for the first 10 years. So I I I so distinctly remember when my middle son was in preschool, I was in sick, sick in bed one day and I never get sick. And my husband was flying home on a Friday and I asked him if he could pick him up at preschool and he didn't know where his preschool was. So (laughs) it, it was just one of those things where that was just our life. We were trudging along. We didn't know any different, but we knew something had to change. So the very first thing we did was we decided we were going to homeschool our kids and we were going to 
hit the road with my husband. So we all as a family of five would get up on Monday mornings, get on the airplane with him and fly to whatever really cool city he was going to. And the kids and I would spend the day schooling and exploring the cities while he worked. And we did that for just about a year. And I mean, it brought us so close. We, we got that time back that we were yearning for. And from there, we just kept reprioritizing. Um, after that, he decided to leave that job on Wall Street and and we decided to take a year and literally take a trip around the world. So we did that. We traveled around the world for a year. Uh, we came home. We realized that all the things we had were just overwhelming and too much. So we sold everything we owned and we moved into a two bedroom uh, condo in the mountains. And we just continued to make changes from there really with the sole purpose of refocusing on what's going to bring us happiness. What are we looking for in our life right now and going after it? Well, I can totally relate because uh, when I was, so my parents were a little ahead of the hashtag van life curve. <laughs> um, and in 1992, they sold, we lived in a big home in Granite Bay and uh, California and they sold everything that we owned, bought a 27 foot fifth wheel and moved us to a rural piece of land in the Sierra Nevada mountains. <laughs> we didn't oh even have goodness. power or a flushing toilet. Yeah. So, um, I can totally kind of you can relate <laughs> as a child. I did not think it was about finding happiness. It, <laughs> right. Uh, right. And it came full circle in my life to realize like truly that is what life's about. And I think that, um, when did you begin this journey? 2019, 2018? No, 2016. 2016. Okay. So you yeah. guys, uh, how cool to be in kind of what was, I think the start, the beginning transition of all that would become the slowdown of our nation. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. truly, I think what's happened in this past year is that a lot of people had kind of that entire calendar chock full of stuff just thrown into a fire pit. And, um, and I think unfortunately a lot of people, it, it was like, I don't know what to do with this non-existence and silence that's all around me all the time. Um, those that were on the curve before that were ahead of that, of realizing like, wow, this pace is combustible. I can't, I can't keep this up forever. I'm missing what really is valued and important in life, um, are, are doing so much better now and are really helping others. I, I really feel like they're helping all of the people who are just now kind of in that process. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting, right? Because our entire society was forced to slow down. And it's funny, sometimes when we're forced to do things, we'll backlash and be like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. But it's it's so interesting to see all the people that really embraced the slowing down. And I think there was this certain period of adjustment. And I like to think of it as our nervous systems had to readjust to a slower pace of living. Once we went through this nervous system adjustment, people are saying, okay, now I really want to pick and choose as the world starts to open up again, what I'm allowing into my life, how I'm spending my time, what I'm, you know, what kind of sports and activities. I'm putting my kids in and they're being very, very careful about how they do that because I think we're all a little bit more protective of the kind of life that we want to live. Um, yeah. And I you think, know, it's funny you say that I have a, Oh, 
go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think the second <laughs> cool thing from that is everybody now realizes they can work from home and they can go live in an RV. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is that my friend worked in corporate America forever. And, um, she's like, you're going to have to, they're going to have to pull me in like a dog to the vet to get back into that building. She's like, I'm realizing I'm just as productive, if not more in a much more condensed amount of physical work time. And then I have all of this time with my children that I did not have before when I was gone eight hours a day and they were gone eight hours a day. She's like, I don't see how they're, they're going to have to change my mind. And I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm like, right. We were kind of living under this, like, veil with the wizard behind the curtain of how we were supposed to do things. And that's come down, which is so incredible. One of the things that I really was curious about, because you're, you're way ahead of, um, you know, a lot of people on this front is the homeschooling thing. You know, I, I posted early on in 2020 and I said, uh, we've officially become those moms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, like the moms that we kind of were like, they came to the sports, right? Their kids were signed up for sports, but they weren't a part of like the school community. And I, and you know, they were those moms that were like, how do they do it? Like, why do they do it? And now we're all doing it. And we're like, oh, I mean, at least some of us are like, I get it. Yeah. How's it been for you? How, how's I, that I mean, been for you? A mom of three. Yeah. I love homeschooling. I mean, I, I, for us, it was a big change at the beginning. And I, I think we just all have to realize nothing is perfect. I mean, homeschooling is not perfect. Private schools aren't perfect. And when we can, like, let go of our grasp on what we have to do is perfect, we can really appreciate everything for what it is. And it's so funny because we've homeschooled for five years. And I actually, I mean, I'm always encouraging my kids to try new things and do something different and think outside of the box. So, I was like, boys, listen, if you ever wanted to try like regular school, this is your year. Like you should go for it because who knows, you might go for a week and it might close down and it could be a whole new experience. And, and they didn't opt for it. But I think it's always good to just kind of think outside the box of how we're like the, the lens that we're viewing our life and just see the possibilities of what could be different and how they could bring in more happiness or how they could bring in a slower pace of life. Even if it's a little uncomfortable getting there to, to be willing to try it and to be willing to give it a go and, and see how it pans out. I really like what you said. I think part of the problem was the attachments that we had to expectations or ideas of reality. And I think that when we've let go of those and live more in the flow and live more as a be here now kind of experience. And um, one of my big mantras this year, and I've posted it multiple times on my social media is I reserve the right to change my mind when presented with new information. So I'm not going to get stuck feet in the cement on some ideology that I maybe get new information and shift gears and, and, and I'm fluid with what I'm learning, you know, and that's what I think the experience of life is about. Yeah. That's the coolest thing about human being a human is we can change our mind on anything at any time. I mean, I could declare something today and change my mind this afternoon. We're Literally, <laughs> like, I love peas. I love peas. <laughs> yeah. Also, my husband and I watched The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, oh. and we got a family chess board and played chess for the first time as an adult yesterday. And I was like, where has this game been my whole life? <laughs> this is the best thing ever. And I thought chess was like the most boring, like, you know, haji fodgy fart smellery game there ever was. <laughs> right, right. And now all of a sudden you're yeah. addicted, right? I'm like, 
oh my gosh, it is a billion times better than checkers. Checkers is so lame and boring. <laughs> I mean, it helps that we got this family chess one that has like a little reference card for how all everybody moves yeah. and stuff. So you like can kind of figure it out. But um, yeah, I mean, and it's just so fun too. I think playing games is one of those things that we've seen a lot of influx in general. My family, obviously having grown up with no power and stuff, we played a lot of games. Um, and so it's so neat to see the incorporation and like, how my husband has this competitive spirit versus I really don't unless it's against myself, but he says, yes, you do. It comes up all the time, you know? So it's like, it's fun (laughs) to just kind of explore that human nature and all that too, which has been really cool. Yeah. You, um, I feel like there's so much to talk about that both of us are like, (laughs) (laughs) at least me, I'm doing it to you. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that I just absolutely love is that your website is recalculating happiness. And I like that because I I like it's that the idea that like, we don't have to be fixated on a particular, we can constantly be recalculating for people who are listening that are like, well, that's great. So, so glad for you that you have achieved happiness. Um, I want to remind everybody listening that one, you've heard me say this time and again on this podcast, happiness is a constant reset. There is always something or someone who is trying to steal it. And part of experiencing happiness is also experiencing the downside. But how would you, Jessica, offer some tips and tricks for people who are coming off the heels of 2020 with whatever that may have looked like for them and are really wanting to recalculate happiness in 21? I think that's such a good question just because there's so much emotions are high right now, but there's like a lot of energy flowing through people, right? We've got this real downtime where people kind of reevaluated and started adjusting to a new life, but now there's this influx of energy and everybody's like, figuring out what they're going to do with it. And I would say that the biggest thing, if you're looking to recalculate your own happiness, is to figure out the priorities in your life that you're missing. What is something that's really important to you that you don't have right now? And then just take one step to go after that. Um, But here's my caveat to that, is if you're going to take that one step, you have to be willing to see that that's not working or that that didn't bring you the happiness you thought and then to take another step or to pivot in a different direction. I think so oftentimes we get fearful that we, you know, want more time with our family. So we decide that we're going to travel with my husband as, as he's working. And then if that doesn't work out, then what do we do? Well, we just decide then. We never got to that place and until my husband decided to quit his job, but we were open and willing at any time to decide being together as a family was more important than anything else. So we would just pivot and do something else if that wasn't it. So it's really just taking that first step once you figure out what you want. Um, I totally, I just, I value everything that you just said. Um, and I like the description of pivoting. Um, and I, and I've heard that term a lot this year and I just really think that it, it describes that you don't have to like, let go of everything. Um, but just shift your perspective a little bit, just kind of maybe, you know, shift a slightly different direction and see things in a mildly different way. I think when people think about resetting happiness, they think like, Oh, I've got to quit my job and travel the world in a van. And I don't think that 
that's the answer for everybody, right? And I, I totally agree with you that um, you can start with like these, you know, micro moments of life and go, ooh, that just felt a lot better. <laughs> yes. Um, and it could even just be in the relationships around you and how you're communicating with others or or anything like that. Adding meditation. I know you're talking at the beginning before we started recording about how you just came off of a meditation and uh, that too, you know, just a few minute meditation yeah. a day and I think that idea often scares people, but um, it's really just about having that moment of silence to connect with your inner self, I think, more than anything. Absolutely. Yes. And I think it's so interesting to point out, right? Your end goal is to be happier, but that does not necessarily mean it's going to feel good or be happy along the path to getting there. So when my husband was working on Wall Street, you betcha the day he called his boss and put in his resignation, he felt uncomfortable. He was scared. He questioned if it was the right decision. We sat down to reevaluate if this is for sure what we wanted to do. And then once he did it and we were traveling and we had taken our trip, we knew it was 100% the right decision. But in that moment, that did not feel happy at all. Zero percent happiness. But we right. knew the end game was what we were wanting. I love that. Like, yeah. this is not this is not like once you decide it's all, you know, glory. There's some guts in there, too. And there's, there's some downsides. And I think it's beautiful, though, because that, those moments of perseverance is what allows us to really experience the happiness to the full effect. Yes, exactly. And I think, too, when we're able to experience that, it just amplifies everything that comes after it. But I think we just have to be aware that we're not going to always feel good when we might be making decisions towards, you know, bringing more happiness into our life. And so once we're aware that it could feel bad and we almost expect it, we don't use it as a clue that, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Instead, we use it as a clue of, oh, I knew this would feel a little uncomfortable. That's okay. I'm still moving forward. You know, as you were talking about kind of just everything that's going on energetically, my whole thing is like, and it sounds really terrible, but it's, I've been saying vibe up or vibe out. (laughs) 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 Disperse with that. Like I can't, (laughs) you know? Um, And that's not to say like, I don't, it, it just, for me, um, I energetically can very easily get sucked into, I already like, I, the funny thing about this is, and people have heard me talk about this on the podcast, but uh, for for t- two years ago, I started having these funky heart palpita- palpitations. Nobody could figure out. And the long and short of it is that an emergency room doctor, I came in laughing um, on the stretcher because I had told the EMS, I said, the staff in the ambulance, I said, I can meditate this away. And they're like, yeah, right. And I, so they hooked me up to that EKG thing, all the eight little different prongs going on. And uh, I said, okay, just tell me when to start. And I meditated 
the rest of the ambulance ride. And sure enough, the, the palpit, I, I was like regular, normal heartbeat. Um, and so I, I, they, we were all laughing when I got to the emergency room about, um, about that. And the emergency room doctor literally came up to me and nobody would believe it if my mom hadn't been sitting right there. And my mom would have been the first person to like <laughs> mock me about it too. Um, right. and he goes, I just think you're like, your heart is like energetically tapped into the earth. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. That is the affirmation that I finally needed. <laughs> like I knew it and I am totally fine. Um, but I, I had this sense of something big coming. And what's funny yeah. is they stopped the end of 2019. Um, and then people have heard, we had a Schumann resonance person on the, on the podcast prior talking about the flatlining of the earth and uh, the heartbeat of the earth and all of that. And so I've been feeling energetically what has been, you know, pending for a long time. And so I'm just to this space of, uh, it's really cool. I have vibed up in such a way that I still very much get caught in this kind of three dimensional, you know, vibration that's happening, but I'm also really able to quickly check out of that when I know it's no longer serving me, which has been sure. a really neat space to find myself. And I, now I know I sound totally woo woo. <laughs> I mean, um, what I think so cool about this, right. Is coming into this year with all the things that we've gone through, it's, it's like we have these whole new bag of tools that we can use as a society to help us or that we can pull on when we need. And like meditation is just one of those tools. It doesn't need to be woo woo. It could just be like something we pull out of our bag and we're like, huh, meditation can help me right now. Or, oh, a nap might be what helps me right now. And we could just start incorporating those into our lives. And like you said, like you can sense things that are happening. That's just something that's going to happen when you meditate a lot. Yeah. And also, I think as you were describing rest and stuff, um, I, I think that there's like this difference between depression and not being able to get out of bed and mindful resting. You know, like I, I think sometimes people think when they're in this severe state of depression, like I'm just taking the rest that I need. And, and, and that can be risky because it's very different when you go into a space of, you know what, I need to lay down and take a little rest because I'm feeling emotionally or physically exhausted. Um, and I've been seeing this a lot with clients in my practice. And I, I do encourage people that if you are feeling excessively tired, it's a really good time to reach out to friends and family. Mm -hmm. And, and, and try to see if there's a, if you can discern whether it's exhaustion because you've been working really hard emotionally or physically, or if it's ex exhaustion because you're just down in the dumps, you know? Yeah. I think that community, we're all seeing how important that is. Like, do I, am, am I feeling exhausted? Cause I just need contact with someone. I need to hear a voice other than my kids or my husband, or I, I, I should, you know, phone a friend almost and, and get on and see if, if that helps me feel better or if I should just have permission to lay down and nap for an hour. I love that. I love how you describe that. And I think that is exactly, um, I think exactly where we can encourage people to really tap in, like go within and feel. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I often hear people say, 
I'm just too exhausted to, mm-hmm. I'm just too exhausted to have a conversation with someone or something like that. And it's like, I can relate to that. I can get that. But what can you do then for yourself? You know, um, mm-hmm. probably not the television. <laughs> sure. Um, because Unless that's probably it's the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Unless it's the Queen's Gambit. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Um, but uh, the other thing is you were talking about that, that I was really reflecting on. This has been something that's been coming up for me in the last couple of days and in, in my circles too, is, um, these children being a mom of three, you know, for you, uh, these children are really, uh, you know, I think they're the ones suffering the most from everything that's going on. But at the same time, I also feel like they are so incredibly gifted with their natural ability to tap into this kind of space of, uh, a mindfulness and how they're feeling and happiness and, and what they need. And, you know, it's really cool. And it's really important that parents remember that right now we do have an important job ushering in this next generation. That's really, truly going to be the first rise, I think of, of the changes and shifts that are happening. Yes. I mean, a hundred percent. These kids are getting to view just a whole new way of living, a whole new way of learning. They're seeing their parents work in new ways. They're not going to have the same like one dimensional linear thought forms of, oh, we should, you know, go to high school, then go to college, then get a job, then get a house. For them, it's like their minds are exploded with all the possibilities. Oh, you mean I could graduate from high school and then go live in Bali and study aquamarine life there for years? Like it, It's not the same linear thinking that we have. They're going to bring in a whole new era, just like you said. And with that, it's, there's going to be so much creativity and things like our generation isn't going to even understand, but it's really going to change the way the world works. Agreed. And I have actually, um, you know, really worked on my own narrative because in the beginning I was really focused on, oh, they're not going to have the childhood we had. They're not going to get the opportunities we had. They're not going to this. They're not going to that. Oh, these poor kids. And I really worked to shift that mindset and say, they have a whole new world of opportunity that is going to look so much different. And they are here on this earth at this exact time for a reason. They're here to be these beings that are going to experience what they're experiencing and then bring it to the world in a new way. And, oh, wow, it is going to be revolutionary. It is going to be profound. And our job as parents is really to hold space for these kiddos as they're maneuvering through this world. But more importantly, too, to allow them to tap into those kind of natural skills that they have. I mean, I remember I was telling a friend this last night when my son was very little, a couple of distinct um, situations. One, we were walking to the grocery store. I was rushing. I think he was three years old. He could, you know, just barely talk. And um, I, you know, had him by the arm and we're rushing to the grocery store and he goes, mom, mom, stop. And it was one of those, like, you know, he pulled so hard that I like whipped around kind of thing. Right. And I, I thought something big was happening, you know, (laughs) and he goes, smell. And it was just this like awful bush, (laughs) a single flower in a parking lot at the grocery store. And I, I just had this profound moment of, he just asked me to stop and smell the roses. Like on his level, 
that bush was so beautiful and so amazing. And why are we rushing right past this thing? Like, slow down, mom. I feel your energy and this is epic and we need to smell this thing. <laughs> right. And, and if really... I didn't get on my knees and smell a bush in a parking lot of a grocery store, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just profound, profound wisdom. Yeah. And if we take that one step further, like, thank goodness this is happening and these kids are ushering in this new era. Like, Everybody was ready for that. Whether we felt like we were or not, this was the only way it could happen. We weren't doing it. Like our generation wasn't doing it. So thank goodness that our kids are, are taking that on and really seeing this in a new light. Absolutely. Um, and on new light, uh, my son said when he was like five years old, kindergarten, we were driving home um, and it was a really windy day. I mean, ferocious. And I said, oh, how sad. Look at all the trees are losing their leaves. Uh, you know, kind of meaning like the winter is coming, the darkness or whatever. Yeah. In my mind, in my like adult rational blah, blah, mind. And he goes, but mom, how would the spring leaves arrive? <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> good point. There is newness coming, and this is part of the shedding. Good point. Thank you for that reminder. Like, they're so amazing. They're so amazing. Right. Yes, you're so right. I love it, and um, and I think that it's really about our narrative, and and that is true for happiness in general. It is so much about the narrative that we're that we're speaking to ourselves every day, silently and out loud. Yeah, it is. And that's not to say like we shouldn't ever feel upset or sad or frustrated or angry. We should feel all of those things. But when when we're ready to process those and feel those things, there's also a time to then say, now I'm going to change how I'm viewing this or now I'm going to change my thought around this so that I can create a different result in my life right now based on the thoughts that I'm having. So I think there's a time and place for both of those. I don't think our end all be all is to be happy all day, every day. That would be weird. Our goal is to feel what we're feeling and then decide when we're ready to move in another direction. I totally agree with you. And I think that people get caught up on this idea that we get happiness, we put it on our purse, and then we have it forever. And that's just not real. Yeah. And, and we wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want that. I think it's all about experiencing that balance in life. And um, yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. So listen, Jessica, thank you so much for your time today. How can people get in touch with you? I know you have an amazing Instagram. Um, how can they find your family, follow you know your journey, and learn how to recalculate their own happiness? Yeah, so I've got our family's website is recalculatinghappiness.com. Um, I have a coaching practice where I specifically help women kind of expand in their life and go after what they're really wanting. And that's at jessicaklasnick.com. And my Instagram is just recalculating happiness. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you being here. And I wish you much blessings and lovely happiness gifts in 2021. You too, Michaela. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.